Welcome back to the DCOM Boom with Sarah and Nora. We're coming in hot today. We're back this week after having beautiful, lovely Maddie Stillman on the pod last week. I know. That was so much fun. That was great. I love her. And now it's just me and stinky Nora. I know. So boring. No, I, I don't even you. know what to say to you. It's so know, awkward. It's so, it's so odd. It's so awkward to be just in the studio with you. I know. I feel so uncomfortable. I do too. Hello. Can anyone help me? I'm scared. Oh, it's too far. <laughs> um, also, you guys, if you just can't simply get enough of us and hearing us once a week isn't enough for you, we recently were guests on our friend's podcast, Record Crimes, a true crime podcast about crimes in the music industry. Um, shout out to Alyssa and Clarice for having us on there. We had so much fun. So if you want to hear me and Sarah get away from the lighthearted topic of Disney Channel and dive more into med, <laughs> then you should... Um, check them out yeah those of you who follow us on insta you've probably seen us posting about it on our story and honestly like disney channel and murder are like two of our biggest passions i know one could one could argue we're not pro murder but we're no intrigued by it yeah yeah Exactly. I actually was having this memory today of how, you know how like when you hear about a new murder, you like have to find out every grisly Mm -hmm, detail. mm -hmm. I was thinking about how like an early example of that, like being a Catholic child or just a Christian child in general, Uh was like hearing about what happened to Jesus when you're like four and you're just like obsessed. You're like, wait, so like the cross, like the nails were in his hands and your mom's like, yeah. And you're like, but did that hurt? And she's like, yes. She's like, yes. And you're like, wait, I need to know more. No, it's graphic for a child. It is. And to have that imagery, Jesus, on the cross in your bedroom, like, that's so scary. It's so sick. Um, but if you guys want to follow um, Alyssa and Clarice's podcast on Instagram, it is Record Crime Pod. Check them out. Give them a listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah. We love those girls. It's a super cool podcast because, like, not only do they talk about murder and crime, it's specifically about crime in the music industry because they're both musicians and Mm -hmm. they do great research and it's really awesome. So, yes, check them out. Back in the world of DCOMs, we're doing another old DCOM today. Yeah, this one is uh, 2000. It came out. And I had never seen it, had you? Oh, you had never seen it? Uh -uh. Neither had I. And unlike some other ones that I didn't think I had seen and then watched, and it's like, oh, maybe I had seen. I had not seen a frame of this film. Agreed. And I kind of thought, because this movie is kind of linked in my brain with Phantom of the Megaplex, I Mm. think because they came out the same year. Yep. I, I just feel like they were kind of in my mind and that one I have seen. So I think I was kind of like expecting to watch this and be like, oh, wait, I've seen this. But but no. So this is the bowling decom. Mm-hmm. This is Alley Cat's Strike. There is a decom for everything. Seriously. This any, one's about bowling. Yeah. Any activity or hobby you can think of. I mean, look, listen, last week we did double dutch and boxing. I know. This week we're doing bowling. I know. We've done some sports ones recently. We have. Look at us. We go girls. Getting in the sp- I guess bowling is a sport. 
Yeah, it's in Wii Sports. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. So, can't argue with that. Um, yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about this one is that it does feature Kaylee Cuoco. Yes, young Kaylee. Who, like, you obviously know from The Big Bang Theory, Eight Simple Rules. Um, she is a very famous actress. And totally. She's in this. Yep. Um, so Alley Cat Strike premiered on March 18th, 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to Kaylee, it stars Kyle Schmid, which do you know what he's from, girl? And he's in a couple things, but like there's oh, one wait. main thing I'm thinking I of. I don't right think now. that I actually know what he's from. He is none other than Raven's love interest in the Cheetah Girls. In the second one? No. Oh, in the first? He's like the boy at her school who's like, you know <gasps> you're still my boo. How did you recognize him? Did you know that from his face or from looking him up? I uh, I didn't know it from his face because he's okay. so much younger He's like a little kid in this. Yeah, I had to look it up. And the crazy thing is that was only three years later and he's like so different. Well, also not to shit on this guy, but I, I remember him being so good in the Cheetah Girls and Swab. And I think in this movie, his acting is pretty bad. So pretty maybe bad. he just was a bad child actor and then he got better. Yeah, I think he was just so young because he honestly like has been in a lot so i definitely think he got better later in his life yeah i wasn't like really loving him in this film to be honest i think he's so cute and i think he has potential but like yeah he wasn't giving me much he was not giving me much no so the disney plus description for alley cat strike is short and sweet four outcast teens with a love of bowling are thrust into the spotlight they are outcasts. They're bizarre. They're little freaking hipsters who think they're better than everyone else because they like old stuff. They don't even like old stuff in a cool way. They like the 1950s. Yeah, it's like, okay, make America great again. You're problematic for that. They are giving that episode of Lizzie McGuire where Gordo is obsessed with the Rat Pack and like Lizzie and Miranda get into it because (laughs) Ethan Kraft is like, that's pretty cool, girls. And then Gordo was like, you guys can't like this just because a boy thinks it's cool. Like, you have to like it because it's, like, amazing and different. And they're like, Gordo, shut up. Like, you're weird. And I'm like, Lizzie and Miranda, you are right. He was weird for that. He was being weird for that. He was only liking (laughs) things because no one else liked them. I forgot his Rat Pack phase. That was so Gordo. He was wearing around, like, a little Rat Pack hat (laughs) and, like, listening to freaking Frank Sinatra at school. No, that was unhinged. That was so weird of him. That was like weirder than his Dungeons and Dragons game phase where literally he was like a zombie obsessed, like playing. He had so many phases. I know. Gordo really is an icon, but I didn't like his like holier than thou rat pack phase. Oh my God. That's so funny. I know. But that's what the teens in this movie give. So Nora, what do you think the Rotten Tomato score is for Alley Cat's Strike? Uh, 20%. <laughs> it's, i sorry. I, that's what I think. Here's a clue. It's in the 50s, much like the interests of these teens. 55? 51%. Yeah. I think I thought it was literally horrible from almost start to finish. Yeah. Okay, so you know what? Let's get into it. Okay, Let's okay. get into Ellie Cut Strike. And before you're like, I'm going to turn off this episode. These girls hate this movie. It's fun when we hate. And you know I what? Know, We're in a on. playful mood today. I know. Let us talk about it. So stick with us. Like, real I know. ones. We, we know you love to be a hater and love to hear us say fucked up things about kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know you love it's it. It's like, this 11-year-old is bad at acting, and I'm annoyed about it. <laughs> because, <laughs> honestly, like, our last movie, we just were, like, the whole time, like, I love him. I love her. Well, it's I, so good. I it's just, so good. I had nothing bad to say about Corbin. Neither did I. There's nothing bad to say or about Kiki. the 2007 film Jump In. It's it's truly perfect. But there's a lot bad to say about the 2000 film Alley Cat Strike. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it. Okay. So we begin with some like swinging 50s type music. 
because there's a lot of 50s inspired music in this film because these kids are obsessed with the 1950s. And here enters my first of many qualms of the film. The score is absolutely awful and distracting. It's so cheesy. It's so over the top. But in this scene, it's too loud. Mm. I can't hear the voiceover of the actor. I'm like, what do you say? It's yeah. too loud. The, the sound mixing kind of left it's something bad. to be desired. Yeah. I didn't really mind the music because I at least felt like it was like a choice. You didn't mind that score, that incredibly dramatic, odd, odd score. Well, I'm speaking specifically about like the 50 songs. Okay, but not the songs, like the score, like the music, that, like during the dramatic moments. During the dramatic moments, yeah. I just was fine with the like, you know, like I keep getting it stuck in my head. The theme song that's like, ooh, right down the middle. Yeah, that's a, that I'm fine with. Okay, but that's the, what I'm talking about. The instrumental about. like score, like that was to me like insane. Okay, no, that's fair. That that I don't disagree with. I just thought the 50s stuff was like at least a choice. Whereas like a big qualm I have with this movie is like, were any choices made? I just think like- it's so weird to be a teen obsessed with the 50s. But Nora, you have to remember that like decades and like trends are cyclical. And like this is- this Sarah, is this was 2000. But I'm just saying like the 70s are back now. And like that's the 50s to the 2000s oh, as the 70s are to now. Something about their interest in the 50s is so whack to me. <laughs> their whole thing is like saying they're going steady and having some pop at the diner. They don't say that. <laughs> they, that's the context of their vibe. Okay, well- well, that'll come up, I'm sure, later in the film. But that's what you need to know for now is these uh. these teens are really drinking the 1950s Kool-Aid. And there's voiceover throughout this film. And we meet our protagonist, Alex. And he's kind of just, like, introducing us to the vibe of his life. Um, he's into bowling. We learn right away because he makes a joke like, you wouldn't know it from what I wear, but my name's Alex. Because he's always wearing bowling shirts that are old that have, like, other people's names on them. Because he, like... He's chic for that. Vintage king. Okay, so now you like it. Well, I like his vintage sensibility. But you don't like and that he likes the past? Pick a lane. I oh, don't pick like a lane, the, pick ah, a lane, bowling joke, I don't bowling like joke. that they don't like the I don't like that they love the nineteen fifties. That's just because the fifties aren't in right now, but girl, they'll come back. I it will never does. I will never be into the fifties. Okay. What am I gonna make a man a roast chicken and buy a scale okay wow <laughs> she's shaming women's choices in the 50s i am no okay so alex is our protagonist and he is introducing us to his life and his friends and he lives in this town called west appleton um and now as far as i can tell west appleton isn't a real place but there is an appleton wisconsin which has an appleton west high school and an appleton east high school which i think this like potentially could be based on because this whole movie is about the rivalry between east and west Appleton. you know what town i think this is based on what the cars on the map town <laughs> i'm not even kidding yeah it's so like animated and odd yeah it's, this movie should have been animated it's any town usa yeah but don't you think it gives a wisconsin vibe isn't one of the mayors named mr hamburger something like that <laughs> Yeah, maybe. It is something like that. Okay, so yeah, basically there's this East-West rivalry. They're at West Appleton, and now we meet Alex's crew. He has three best friends, and this scene is cute when it's like the four of them walking down the street with their arms around each other. It's like cute. I like it. And his friends are (laughs) Ken, Elisa, who is Kaylee Cuoco, Mm -hmm. and Delia. So two boys, two girls, a classic foursome. Mm-hmm. Ken, he describes as the music guru who loves anything as long as it's at least 50 years old. 
Elisa is the fashionista who loves her poodle skirts and bobby socks. And at this point, I was like, is this actually set in the 50s? No, I wrote, <laughs> what is the time period in all caps? Yeah, and then I was like, oh no, they're just all drinking that 50s Kool-Aid. All you four don't of think them. that their fixation on this decade is weird? I'm not saying it's not weird. It okay. is. Okay. I just like... I don't, I don't like find it like pathological. Like they're 14. They have a, they have a passion. They have a, they're going through a phase. Okay. So basically like, uh, Elisa is like a really good bowler as is Alex and as is Ken, even though Alex is like the best one. And then Delia is like the smart brainy one who like isn't good at bowling, but uses her love of like math to like know from like a an angle perspective like how bowling should go so that's yeah. kind of like a classic thing they do in disney channel like we saw it in go figure with like the geometry i know didn't we see it in another sports movie i forget there's like another sports movie where they use like angles to be good at a sport they wouldn't normally be good at uh yeah i can't think of it though i don't know but yes so that's delia so this is his crew and his dad owns the local bowling alley and these kids just like that's their whole life is is bowling they're obsessed with bowling yeah that's all they think about that's all they think about and so we see them looking depressed at like this i don't know pep rally type thing on their football field yeah they have no school spirit and they're then we meet this guy, the golden boy, they call him, named Todd McLemore. And he is the star athlete of the school. And we see the weird bowling kids <laughs> la- kind of like shading Todd from the sidelines. Um, yeah, they have like a vendetta against him. They hate him. Well, they're insecure because they're losers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they're like, ugh, Todd. And then we learn about this trophy that everyone in their town is obsessed with called the Mighty Apple. And it's this golden trophy that has like a little apple at the top. And basically East Appleton High School and West Appleton High School have been like trading it back and forth since, I don't know, Mm -hmm. as long as these two high schools have existed. But next year, the high schools are combining into one mega school. So this is, yeah. So this is the final year that someone can win this and they have this thing where it's like whoever wins it this year like basically gets all the glory forever yes and also it's like because when I first was watching I thought it was just about football but no it's like all the sports of each school whoever has the most winning titles of that school wins yeah um so it's not just about football no it's yeah really about their whole athletic roster yes so that's the mighty apple there's a lot of fanfare about it and at this point alex's voiceover is like how will todd and my world ever collide i just don't see how that would ever occur and it's like it's like got it so your world so it's gonna occur i was like what the hell don't spell it out for me like that like they spell out way too much in this movie and then when they try and show us the reveal i'm like yeah I know. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then we see Todd and his boys roll up to the geeks, and the way that they insult them is to go, hey, it's the strange dudes. What are you doing, strange dudes? Didn't it make you want to start saying that? Like, I want to just start, like, calling people, like, okay, strange dudes. I was like, that's the best you got? Like, strange dudes. Are you coming to the pep rally, strange dudes? Didn't this movie kind of seem written by AI? 
Yes, or like it seemed all improv by people yes. that are bad at improv. It did seem improv. I, Nora, I had that same thing. I was like, I feel like they gave them like- There was like the, weird pauses. Yes. Or like no line was ever like deep enough where it's yes. like, they didn't think about this before. They just filmed the kids being like, so in in a sense, winning is, um isn't about winning. It's about fun. And they can yes. be like, yes. And you're like, you no, just said nothing. It was so cringe to watch the attempts at being deep miss the mark so much. Agreed. And this is where we see a moment of like Delia kind of showing off with her intelligence. She like challenges a guy to like a one-on-one basketball game and she just like, you know, launches into some formula of how she would use yeah. her smarts to beat him even though she doesn't play basketball. And it's like, okay. She challenges him to um, horse. Oh, I love horse. I love horse too. We used to love playing horse and also around the world. Yeah, so fun. I'll see you in the courts tonight. I wish. That sounds great. I know. That sounds like a great summer night to well, play horse. We honestly should. There's a basketball I know, we should. court near my house. Okay, our listeners, we're going to have a big horse meetup. <laughs> and you can either bet money on me or Sarah. We're both pretty decent at shooting hoops. I know we are, but I haven't done it in years and years. But I got height on you, girl. Yeah. You're short. You're short. I know, but when really we- like a speck of dust compared to me. But when we play that, um, what's it called? Game pigeon. Okay, that's a finger. And we're both pretty good on I feel like I usually that's be- That's not here. the same as real know. basketball. <laughs> no, I'll literally see you at the court. I'll see you at the court. And then we'll see who's really the queen of the hoops. Okay. okay. Girl, okay. it's on. Okay. And so, yeah, that's the deal, yeah, with that. Sorry. Now we're <laughs> you gotta go home. <laughs> I'm just in a playful mood. So now we see a basketball game, which is Todd plays a lot of sports, but this is one of his main ones. Todd McLemore, the Golden Boy, and as this basketball game is going on, we see his dad in the stands, who is none other than Ray from Sister Sister. Yes, Tamara's dad is in this movie. He's cute. I love this actor. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, like this movie is whack, but it was nice to see him. It was great to see him. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, as the game plays out, the bowling geeks are at the alley like they always are. And it's empty per usual because we learn that the bowling alley isn't really doing so well business yes. wise. It is in financial ruin. Yeah. And also no one is there because all the cool kids are at the game. And yes. all the nerds are at the bowling alley. Also at this point, Alex's dad is he owns the bowling alley and he has the radio on which is like playing the score of the game like basically giving live updates about the game and Elisa is like can you turn that off so I can concentrate on bowling and the dad says some shit like oh come on like you don't care about this like have some school spirit so we're getting the sense that the kids don't care but Alex's dad does care about the school and their athletics it's also very rude like you are at this man's business where he basically always lets you guys bowl for free and you're like, turn off the radio. And then we do in fact see at the game, Todd makes the winning basket and they win the game. And now this means that East and West Appleton are now tied up for the mighty apple. So they're neck and neck. So it's anyone's win. Yes. And so back at the alley, like Alex's dad hears this on the radio and he's so happy and the kids couldn't care less. And he calls the mighty apple the glue that binds us West Appletonians together. And he is just like totally fired up about this. He like, you know, is saying that he played for it back in the day. And this is our first instant where the score is like this. 
<laughs> so dramatic. And the dad is saying this big speech that means nothing. And it does sound like improv. And it's like, it's supposed to be a deep moment, but he says absolutely nothing of value. Yes. And it's just like, huh? This movie is like, feels like it's from an alien. It feels so wrong and twisted and <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I know. Just it kind of feels like it's from the 1950s. Like it actually, does. like all this talk of like West Appletonian pride, and it's just it's so shallow and like it's just very robotic. Yeah, it's odd. It really does seem like improv. It really does. No, there's like some scenes, especially later. I'm like, there's no way this was written <laughs> down. There's just I know, no it's way. Like, you can don't have to be different. Just be yourself, but don't change too much. And but change some. <laughs> yeah, it's like, huh? It's uh. like, what am I supposed to glean from this? I know there are just like so many micro scenes in this movie that are not worth mentioning because no. they've like already happened. Yes, already, but in a different location, and the same things have been said already. Like yes, I, like every scene, I was just like, what? Like this movie could have been like forty minutes shorter. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it could have been a short film. It could have been a commercial. Yeah, I would have gotten the gist. Yeah, it could have been a picture book, 10 pages max. Yeah, and I actually learned something really interesting that I'll talk a little bit more about at the end. But in 2014, this movie made headlines because at the time it had English Wikipedia's um, longest film plot summary on the English language version of the site. And I do believe this, even though the plot isn't complex, like, there's so much like, and then they're at the diner and then they're here. And then they say this, like a lot of it is um, yeah. redundant, but it is technically like a lot happens, even yeah. though I have no idea what really happens in this movie. Exactly. So I think like the Wikipedia um, article at that time or page at that time was just like super fleshed out. Wow. And so, yeah, it, it made headlines for so that. So it had in a, a real fan. Yeah. Wow. Or at least someone who was just a detailed note taker. Basically what you need to know about like this point in the movie is like we start to see that Todd's parents are a bit overbearing and clearly like are very invested in his identity as this golden boy who always leads the town to victory with his athletic endeavors. Yes. Yes. And it's intense. And also they're trying to get him like local news coverage. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay. I know he keeps going on radio shows. I know. I'm like, should we have Todd on the podcast? Like, because uh, he's yeah, he's always like doing press. <laughs> he's like a teen that's constantly doing press. I know, but so he's a hot shot. And at school, we see like everyone gassing him up because he won this big game. And now we see this girl Lauren, who is Chelsea from Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, the big sister. Yes, she's in this, looking so cute. But she kind of looks too much like Kaylee. I'm like, they needed to get. A different actress because they're almost indistinguishable. I thought the same thing, Nora. I was like, I bet she auditioned for Kaylee's part and they yeah. like loved her and they were like, no, for whatever reason. So like we're I feel like they almost probably just like made this part for her, but I'm right. like, you can't have two blonde girls that basically look identical. I know. Like especially when one's supposed to be a loser and one's supposed <laughs> to be cool and it's like they're <laughs> equally pretty. Seriously. Like they have the same exact look. I know. Yeah. Also, like, her character in this is just, like, not even a human. And yeah. all she does is be like, Todd, Todd, are you coming to my party? Todd. That's all her lines. Her name's Lauren. And she, yeah, she gives us absolutely nothing. She is, like, really desperate for Todd's attention. Like, I guess he 
you know, likes her back. But I'm like, it's unclear if this man is your boyfriend. You're always like, Todd, Todd. There's a lot about there, this right? movie that is deeply unclear. <laughs> <laughs> and now, so Todd and like one of his boys go up to this teacher, Mr. Morris. And Todd's like, okay, so now that we won the basketball game, like what's going to happen with the Mighty Apple? Like how do we decide who ultimately wins it? And Mr. Morris says, those slimy East Appleton people, they called, they spoke, and there was ominous music playing. It's absolutely insane. Like, what is the tone? Like, the score, sometimes it's giving, like, lifetime, like, full house level, like, dramatic, like, inspiring music. Then other times I'm like, is this mom's got a date with a vampire? And then other times I'm like, now it's, like, jazzy. It's, like, insane. And this was a big moment where I thought, oh, this is going to be a long movie. <laughs> I was still kind of in it at this point. I was curious. I was like, what's this going to turn into? You're you're honestly, you're a saint. And I know. Your, your patience is inspiring. Thank you. I cannot say the same for me. <laughs> cannot say the same for me. I was still like, I'm interested to see where this goes. But then, and I liked the first frame of this movie with that jazzy music when he's in his bedroom and it lost me about seven seconds <laughs> yeah no that's fair it did it did definitely start to lose me when he was like talking about Todd on the football field yeah. I was like this is weird <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but basically so Todd's like what do you mean like they they called they spoke like what did they say and he just says bowling dun 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 because yeah basically the fate of West Appleton and the deciding factor in who gets this mighty apple is all up to the bowling geeks. All up to these weird freaks who are obsessed with the 1950s. Yeah. And basically why this is is because the bowling teams from both schools, like, had a tiebreaker in, like, I guess their final game, right? No, it's, it's that, like, basically... Or they both have won the same amount of games. There's okay, so like Mr. Morris explains that there's like a charter that says um, there's like a list of tiebreaker sports. It's not that they've oh, like necessarily okay. played each other in the past. It's just like there's a list of sports that are allowed to break the tie, and this oh. was the only one that they both have teams for. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I guess maybe it's not like major sports that are allowed to break the tie for whatever Why? reason. I don't Why? know. I didn't write the charter. And the other okay. the other rule is that they're not allowed to like draft any new players onto the team. So like whoever signed up at the start of the year is who is going to face off against East Appleton. You know who I think wrote the charter? Who? East Appleton. Tabby Von Meow from Webkins. <laughs> like something about this movie is like giving like whimsical childhood apple. Like yeah, I can't explain it, but something is so not meant for television about this movie no i know Something, what you mean it's giving like should be a computer game in a sense yeah do you know what i mean no i do um i so very then, much do yeah so then happy von meow wow she's a queen that brought me back she's a queen oh who else do we have and she said you will be employed yes she's kind of a queen for making sure the masses were getting in the gig. chef gazpacho king Artie from the curio Artie. shop he was kind of like Kind of hot, kind coated. of hot. Like, yeah. Like, I that sounds bad to say, but like something about him was hot. No, I think it was his jacket. Okay, it was definitely his, his jacket because, like, like, ultimately, he was a dog. <laughs> yeah, but we were we were supposed like they were personified. They were personified, and he had something about him. Like, 
That said, he'd been through so much. I know. He would, like, drive away on a motorcycle at the end of the night. And he would have been like, I hadn't, haven't picked up the bottle in three years. Exactly. But every day it's hard. He was kind of giving sober king with a he dark was. past. He really was. He was giving, like, he would chew tobacco. Yes. Yeah. Also. And he was, like, like an archaeologist, basically. Yeah, yeah, he had a really cool job. Yeah, like, finding gems. He definitely, like, did what he loved. Yeah. Also... They made a, they kind of like made a, made a joke. They took a stance with the doctor being Dr. Quack. I know. <laughs> I know they really spoke out against the medical community with that. They did. They did. Dr. Quack was like, I honestly feel stressed when I had to go see Dr. Quack. I know because it was always like, didn't you have to pay like $100 or something? something fucked up there and expensive. Was not universal healthcare in the Webkin's world. No. You had a copay. Don't make any mistakes about it. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. The staff at Webkin's was, they were, that's a lot to unpack. And honestly, we can't we get can't, into it. And we can't that's get into it That's for another day. But you got a little taste. Yeah. So yeah, basically the charter reveals they have to do this and they can't draft any new players. But we soon learn that one other bowler did sign up at the beginning of the year that's never shown up for practice mm-hmm. ever. And who might that be? Todd, the golden boy. Exactly. And not only that, he didn't even actually sign up. His friends did it as a little prank. As a prank. And now it's coming back around. And Todd is like too upset. He's literally screaming, I'm in the bowling club. He's screaming. It's like too much. He says it like four times. It's like kind of like scary. It's like he should just be like, I'm in the what guys like he's being too intense. He's screaming. And of course, because Todd is who he is, like he's not going to not do it because once this news gets out, like the whole town is so relieved. They're like, thank God we have Todd on the team. He'll lead us to victory. So he like can't not do it. Yeah, he has to do it. So then we go back to the bowling alley and Alex is talking to his dad about bowling and how they have to compete for the trophy. And... At this point, we learn that Alex's grandparents are like in the, are his grandma's like in the hospital. His grandpa. His grandpa is in the hospital and like. And his mom is like with him. It's like literally like, okay. <laughs> like it's just kind of like dropped on us out of nowhere. And like, I don't feel necessarily anything because we haven't like, they're not even giving us a signal that this is sad. It's more just matter of fact. And it's like, we don't know why they're in the hospital. We don't know how long. Alex isn't giving us a strong reaction to the hospital. Also, like everything introduced in this film, it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. Because later, the grandpa is just fine. It's just completely fine. There's no struggle. And also at this point, Alex is talking about bowling and how he kind of like doesn't like that it's getting all this attention. And he says, I like bowling because it isn't the next big thing. Never has been and never will be. It's like, that's way too dramatic to say about bowling. Sorry, Alex. Well, but his whole thing is just like, he only likes shit that no one else likes, which is such a character flaw. Like something because you like it. Okay, he needs to get into then like a cool alt indie band or like something that is literally cool, Alex. (laughs) Because being into it, 50s music and bowling isn't hipster and cool. It's lame. (laughs) Wow. Sarah, you literally love that about them. I think the way he dresses is cool, to be honest. And he gets made fun of no, for it a lot. Bo- I think he no, looks fly. no, bowling outfit, bowling apparel is cool, but it's just like the. But Nora, like this type of stuff really is cyclical. Like, honestly, when I was in like high school, like me and Mackenzie would always be listening to like Frank Sinatra songs. And we didn't think we were different, but like we were like, oh my God, like this like old timey music is so cool. 
Like that's like teens are always you like want to go back to a time where Frank Sinatra went to jail for <laughs> being a mistress. No, of course not. <laughs> but I'm still allowed to like his smooth voice. No, I like Frank Sinatra. And his it's possible just paternity scandal. To Ronan. Yeah, I love that he's the father of Ronan Farrow. Yeah. Quite obviously. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, sometimes we have to like things from the past. We don't. No, we don't condone I, everything about I'm, the period. I love like you know I'm a 2000s queen. You know I love the 90s. It's but not, that's my whole point. But Nora, those, that wouldn't but have those been cool. Decades are cool. But Nora, no, they're not objectively cool. This is something I want to point out. This is what the dad says here. He says. It's only cool to you now because it was cool to us then. These things have their moment where they're cool and then uncool. Like, I feel like right now, the 60s are kind of, like, not cool. But, like, when I was well, younger, 60, they were. Like, this shit always comes back. But what's cool about the 60s is, like, French Nouveau wave. Like, the beginning of the hippie movement. Like, when I think of the 50s, I think of, like, women being oppressed. Okay. <laughs> but, Nora, also, like, the 50s, there was, like, a little bit of a capitalist thing going on for sure that I know you're like, ew, but like th that obsession with like consumerism that comes back into fashion too. And like, in some ways it's back now, just not in a fifties way. These things, they come and they go just cause you don't think you it's think cool that we're going to have a, a, a Norman Rockwell Renaissance. Look at Lana. I know, but that's kind of like a commentary <laughs> on American ideals and shifting people will over time. Romanticize it. I bet there's 12 year olds listening to that album wearing fucking poodle skirts I, I guarantee it i guarantee it if it was cool once it will be cool again just because you disagree <laughs> doesn't mean it ain't coming honey okay fine okay fine so yeah basically it's like also annoying because alex will always be like dad i don't want things to change like i only like bowling because it's my thing and his dad's like son i need to pay the bills can we please try to make this a little bit more marketable? no i know <laughs> alex is being so annoying with his hipster ways i know and then we see todd a teen on a radio show and we learn at this point that todd plays basketball baseball tennis football and does track yeah and it's just like no way Maybe you're a two-sport athlete, but, like, this was also with Chad and Troy, what we learned in those movies. Yeah. Of like, you just simply in high school cannot play that many sports. Yeah, especially not well. Yes, he's got to be a master of none if this is all yeah. sports. It's, like, too much to play all of those. Yeah. Give him two, maybe three. Not five. You've seen his dad. He's always putting on Sarah, that pressure. There's only five days in a week. Do you know I how sports know. work? Do you yes, know how practice I do. works? I do. I think you're trying to find logic where it can't be found. <laughs> where it just can't be found. I want to be a huge hater. Let me. No, you can. In this next part, we start to get this other element of the film introduced, which they also just do not handle well, which is that there is beef between Todd's dad and Alex's dad. So bo yeah. both men are at the alley for like, you know, kind of the first day that Todd is going to be practicing with the team. Todd's dad says to Alex's dad, he's like, Todd's going to be great. We have a history of rising to the occasion in my family. Unlike some people, Mr. Oops, I dropped the ball. They give us way <laughs> too much right away. Yeah, Mr. Oops, I dropped the ball. It's we, like, we okay, know so what he happened. dropped a ball back in yes. the days when he played a sport with you. Exactly. We know right away. And then later they try and make this a reveal. And I we're like, know. we already know. My favorite part about it is in this part, because Alex is right there with an earshot and his voiceover is like, I always kind of got the vibe. There was something <laughs> weird between these two, but like couldn't <laughs> figure out what. It's like. Sir, they just said it. They just told us. And listeners, I know what you're going to say. Well, this is more a movie for children and you girls are approaching 30 at a rapid pace. Mm -hmm. But I would like to point out 
that I feel like as a kid, I would feel like this was too much too soon. Yeah, or at the very least, like, later in the movie, I'd be like, wait, why did they act like I didn't know this? I'm not adult. I know, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's too much too soon. Let's, like, they could just exchange a weird glance. Be like, yeah. good to see you, good to see you. Exactly, and then we're like, oh, something happened, but we yeah. maybe don't know exactly what. Yes. So then in this part, like, the bowling crew starts, like, explaining to Todd some of the rules of bowling like they make fun of him for thinking that a perfect game would be a 100 score they explain why it's actually a 300 and in this part i just couldn't help but think about another disney channel line that still to this day gets stuck in my head you know how you have those lines that like for whatever reason just have stuck with you over the years yeah that episode of hannah montana where miley accidentally dates an 11 year old oh i love that episode you're 11 how can you be 11 <laughs> but they go bowling in that part yeah i love that episode and miley says to oliver something about how like oh this this day was like a complete waste and oliver says not completely i bowled a 280 and that's just like always with me i don't know why oh i i remember that episode so well like yeah. i remember all the details me too i, I remember my favorite thing about jake that. ryan is there yes. with his hot new girl yes and there's that i thing. loved the jake ryan lore until like they got together and he cheated on her. I know that was sad. And then we got um slow rider or smooth talking, slow rocking. He's got, got everything that a girl's wanting. Guitar cutie. Or if, if it was about Jake, it would be a tall cutie. He plays a groovy. Exactly. I know she couldn't choose which boy she liked more. But sorry, that's not a hard problem, Miley. Also, I just remember watching that episode when I was 12, and I remember being genuinely offended that Miley was like, ew, he's 11. I was like, Miley, I'm 12, and I actually can't help that I'm 12. And, like, you shouldn't make fun of me just because I'm 12. <laughs> you were being too sensitive. Oh, yeah, I was. It's because I, I wanted Miley to be my best friend, and I was like, don't make me feel like I'm too young. She I'm was cool. She was right to judge that he was 11. Yeah, because she was 14. That yeah, was an inappropriate yeah, relationship. That's too much. <laughs> she was ready to kiss. He was ready to hug at most. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we get a little scene that's barely worth mentioning, but, like, Elisa and Alex, like, walk down the street together, and it's like, oh, are they going to be a love interest? No. But no. Everything you see doesn't matter to anyone. <laughs> no, everything you see does not matter. This movie kind of made me feel gaslit, because every time I'd think I would understand where they were taking something, they'd be like, no, just kidding. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yet there's 49 minutes left. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and like, then there's this whole thread where, like, Todd's dad is, like, betting on the outcome of this bowling competition, like, with the mayor of East Appleton. Because did you even catch that Todd's dad is the mayor? Not until this point. I didn't catch it until I looked up the cast and saw <gasps> oh, mayor. Really? I was like, he was the mayor? Oh, you no. oh, I got it at this point. Oh, okay. Because I knew that he kept like talking to a mayor. I didn't yeah. realize it was like the rival mayor. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. I'm pretty sure Mayor Hamburger. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> no. At least that's what it sounds like. But like basically he's like throughout this movie, like he keeps he calling keeps the other upping mayor. the bet. At this point, the bet is if their side wins, the opposing team will have to give them like their best apple pies. And if they lose, they'll give the other team like their best cider. Yeah. And that's what the bet is at this time. But it gets like the stakes get higher throughout the film. Yeah. It, it eventually goes up to the losing team has to like name a holiday after the other side of the town, host a parade in their honor. And eventually it gets to the point that the new school, rather than being named yeah. like, you know, a combo is going to be named like for the winning side which right. would kind of like strip away the identity of the other side of town quite literally yeah and it's 
almost like this is the only plot point that grows throughout time. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else so is boring. kind of like jumping ship halfway through. Yeah. And, you know, we're starting to see like Todd practicing with the other members of the bowling team and he's not a natural even though he's a great athlete and his whole thing is like I'm gonna get there like don't worry about me like I'm a star like yeah I just need some practice like I'm not stressed and right before this scene there is a scene with Todd and Lauren that my only note was Todd and Lauren scene so weird so pointless is it just her being like I don't even remember that's my note probably every scene is so weird so pointless (laughs) (laughs) truly Um, and there's this part here when like Alex and Todd are kind of beefing and Alex is just like, oh, you think you're all that golden boy. And Todd sort of starts just like rattling off all the athletes he's been compared to. And there's basically one from every sport because like Nora mentioned, he plays 10 sports somehow. Yep. Um, and Alex is like, but you're no guppy troop who is a bowler and just a quick note about Guppy Troop. I researched him because I figured I would. Sly. He's a pro bowler, unsurprisingly. He's earned eight national titles. He's been bowling since the mid-1970s. And this is kind of fun. He's known for bowling in flashy outfits. Fun. And he was quoted once as saying, people tuned in to see what kind of pants I'd be wearing. They didn't care how I bowled. And he also has a signature move he does when he bowls a strike that he calls the Gup Thrust. And it's just him like thrusting his pelvis forward what yeah he's now like old he's now like in his 70s wait how is it a bowling move does he no 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 go of the ball no a signature move like that he does after he bowls a strike like when he sees that he did it insinuates sex just insinuates victory he's like oh gup thrust ew (laughs) i like it and his son kyle is a pro bowler too so that's guppy troop um yeah. I'm feeling very feisty and like crazy today. I know, me too. It's like also like so hot in here. I'm like literally burning. Oh, up. really? I don't think it's hot. I'm literally Nick Jonas burning up. Oh, you can Yeah. You, baby. That would offend him to hear that impression. Well, I sang what I sang. Um, No, I love you, Nick Jonas and Joe Jonas and, and Kevin. I know, I love And even Frankie. I love you, Joe Bros. Yeah. And you bonus Jonas. <laughs> um, and also at this part with Alex and Todd, like Alex clears up this rumor that goes around school that he found all his clothes at the back of the bowling alley because he just dresses like an old man in bowling clothes. And he's like, no, I got the clothes from a catalog that I found at the back of the bowling alley. This is how it goes. You know what I hear about you? I hear you're just a strange kid who is obsessed with bowling, hates all other sports and dresses like dresses like i found all my clothes in the back of a bowling alley yeah i've heard that one and then he says the thing about the catalog it's like so drama wait what you just said reminds me of the fact that there's this through line throughout the movie where kids are like i like bowling i hate other sports okay <laughs> and it's like why do you just like hate other sports i know they hate all they other say sports that, like so many times um, i know but no i do kind of think that i would like sim for a boy who dressed like this in high school because he just looks kind of like cool I like his collared shirt. He looks fly to me. Okay, Nora's giving me a death glare. We need to move on. <laughs> um, there's also a part here that I did love. You would like a boy in high school that's like, come fly with I me. Know. Come fly. Let's fly away. I've changed. I've changed and grown. Thank God. I definitely did used to like boys that were and like, I'm not like other boys. <laughs> I know, but that's cool if it's like in a cool way. Okay. Like if they're like listening to something cool. But okay. I just want like, like oh, 
Okay. We well, can't even get back. We can't into even it. get back into it. They're listening to like punk. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I liked boys that had this you exact a, set of interests. A crooner. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like a crooner. I Come didn't. fly with no, me. No, no, no. Let's fly no, away. No. You like stop, Ronan stop. Stop. You like Ronan Farrow's chat. <laughs> um, stop. <laughs> You're being mean. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I also, there is a part that's fun here where Todd is making fun of their musical tastes, much like Nora. Mm-hmm. And he says, haven't you ever heard of the Backstreet Boys? Which I thought was an excellent point. Yeah, he's right. And this is also like Todd tells these nerds throughout the movie that like they need an attitude adjustment. He's like, yeah, I get it. You're good at bowling and I'm still learning. But like you have to actually want to win. And like you guys don't even like have a competitive spirit. And like that is going to hurt us in the end. Like that's something he tells them incessantly throughout Mm -hmm. the film. Now, at this point, Todd tells the crew, he's like, you know, the East is probably doing everything they can to get an edge. And Ken's like, an edge? This is bowling. What can they do? And then we see a man arriving at the East Appleton Alley. And, like, we don't see his face yet. But he has, like, a long coat and a hat. And we're like, ooh, who is this guy? Like, this must be their mysterious coach. Like, this is going to be such a good storyline. Yes. And is it, Nora? No. No. Nothing happens with this. Nothing happens with this. I feel like I'm insane. I literally feel like I'm gaslighter. Why do they introduce this? Bizarre. Because I kind of got excited. I was like, oh, now the movie's starting. So much of this movie felt like, you know, when you're having a dream and then you wake up and you go back to sleep and you, the dream continues, but in a way that's not really linear or connected. That's what this movie felt like. Yes. I felt like, wait, what happened to that? What happened to that guy? Like, yeah, I felt like a maze. Yeah, it really does. A maze that goes nowhere. Yeah, it felt like a choose-your-own-adventure written by a 10-year-old. Yeah, Yeah. where they keep, like, losing the thread. Losing the thread. Um, But so basically what we're going to see now is that Alex and Todd are, like, sort of starting to form this bond that's a little different from the bond he's forming with the rest of the bowling geeks. And, you know, Alex sort of tells Todd, like, I think I could really help you get better if you want to learn. And Todd's like, oh, well, like, if you help me learn to bowl, I'll bring you to, like, a cool party tonight. And Alex is like, I don't need your pity or party invites. He's like, I don't really want to go to a party. But then sexy Lauren, I guess, comes up and she's like, hey, Todd, are you coming to my party? And then she's like, Alex, do you want to come? And then Alex wants to go to the party because clearly he has a crush on Lauren. Oh, did you read it that way? I didn't. I kind of did because then he was kind of like, yeah, sure, Lauren. You know how I read it? In his weird brain, he's like, oh, I told her I would go, and I have to now. Oh, I thought that he had a little bit of a crush. Uh, well, you know what? It's possible, because if they if they did introduce a crush and took it nowhere, that wouldn't be surprising. I wouldn't have noticed. No. Yeah. So he does go to this party, which at first is so hilariously underwhelming. It's like in a backyard. Yeah, there's this hilarious tracking shot <laughs> of a girl in like a baggy white t-shirt and ugly ponytail. Like she did yeah. not dress to impress, just yeah. carrying a green plastic bowl of chips through a crowd, like smiling awkwardly. And I'm like, this is the tracking shot. They're like, we got to get this, like showing the party. I'm like, what are you showing me? To think about the amount of times I went to parties as an adolescent and I was sober I know. God bless her soul. But this party like does get a little cooler once the sun sets because at least then there's like some pretty lights in the backyard and there's a song playing that's like, get money. I get love money. this song. Todd knows music. Yeah. And Alex probably they're like, I can't dance to this kind of freaky hip hop shit. That's probably what he's thinking. That basically is what he says. Yeah, because there's this weird It's moment. offensive to be like, 
I'm sorry, I don't do hip hop. People like people used to like proudly say that. I hate when people. Now are they've like, stopped. Thank God. Thank God. But I like, hate when people are like. I just don't get hip hop. It's like shut up. I'm like that is so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it's like you literally don't have taste. I'm like you should really keep that to yourself and yeah. try to change if you can. You should try and change. Yeah, but no people that used to be like acceptable in the early 2000s to say that, and I was yeah, always like, just it's like, just loud. It's just noise. I'm like your noise. I was like you sound like how people used to sound in the 50s <laughs> when they'd be like that rock and roll. <laughs> like oh Elvis is so crazy. Yeah, <laughs> people You're like lame. don't think about how they sound. I know, I know. I say as I'm the most annoying podcaster ever. <laughs> <laughs> After but, literally every week I shit on a literal truly children. I won't reflect and I won't change. <laughs> but no, it's like at this party, there's this weird moment where like Lauren asks Todd to dance and he's sort of like, Lauren, you should dance with my boy instead. Like he's like, Alex, you should dance with Lauren. Yeah, and Lauren's like, hmm, Alex, do you want to dance? Because she'll do anything to please Todd. I know, she's horned up for Todd. I know, and Alex basically- He's the golden boy. Exactly. And Alex basically does say what you just said. He's like, oh, I don't know how to dance to this kind of music. I only know how to swing. I mean, he doesn't say I only yeah, know he, how to swing, but- He only knows how to swing. He only knows how to swing. So That's then he just- so fucking embarrassing. Goes home. <laughs> yeah. This is why you can't be so obsessed with being different. Because if then if you're at a party, you like- can't even chill i know can't even hang yeah and then it's like you also can't connect because be a part of the time you live in freaks yeah and not even just that like it's okay if you have niche interests but there's nothing that makes me sadder than when someone this doesn't happen as much now that i'm a full-grown adult but it used to happen where someone would be like oh i'm obsessed with this thing and they say like thinking they're the only one who likes it and i'm Mm -hmm. like i've read something by her i love it and they're like um like they like don't want you I know, to they like don't it want too. to connect it's like why do you want to be alone and i'm like that's so sad we could have connected it's kind of giving this the music i don't listen to and i don't <gasps> want to get with you so tell my friends that i'll be over here i hate that song oh yeah i hate that song just like on principle i know you hate that song i hate it too when it's like clouds of marijuana <laughs> i'm like okay narc you're judging people for smoking weed yeah literally and also she judges one for throwing up at a party you have to let people throw up at a party like please don't judge you just sometimes like it happens hater, girl it's like don't go to a party if you're judging people for being drunk it's like this is a party seriously and didn't she Stay write home. it when she was like 22 it's like what it's do you think people narc. are up to when they're 22 like they're puking also, they're it's smoking like, clouds of marijuana there's yeah they're smoking clouds of marijuana they're smoking cigs. She was probably the type of person that when she was 15 would tell all her friends that she got contact high at a concert. It's like, no, you didn't. Oh, you hate, just didn't. I hate people say contact high. I do too. I'm it's like, not real. try something once for real and stop just being a <laughs> passive weirdo. What you just said was better than any quote in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nora. Yeah. So that's the party scene. And then there's this random scene where before Alex goes home, like he walks home from the party and then he just stops by Elisa's house to like flirt for a second. Never goes anywhere. Never goes anywhere. But we're like, okay, are they going to be a thing? And Kaylee, no. I love you girl. And I think you're a great adult actress, but in this movie, your behavior is bizarre. Yeah. Her character <laughs> is just like nothing. And the way she talks is like different than Kaylee. I don't like, I, I will say eight simple rules is what four years yeah. after this she's completely she's different so, i loved her on that show she's awesome but she i i will say this she's kind of almost like believably a nerd in this despite being cute no, because she, she is, is weird she's like hi alex like her <laughs> i just like her way of talking is like it seems so phony yeah 
No yeah. offense, Kaylee. You know I love you. I loved you in The Flight Attendant. Yeah, totally. She's such a sleigh. Emmy nominee. Mm. I've been like her in Big Bang. She's the best part of that show. Yeah, no, for sure. I do feel like the best like child actor in this movie is the guy who plays Todd. He's he's yeah. like he's good. He's still not great to be honest, no. but he's good. Yeah, he's like the best of them. He brings yeah. the energy. I felt like he did the work to know who his character was. Yeah, when the script didn't provide that. Yep. Yeah. So basically, like. We start to learn like what the rules are going to be for this eventual match between the East and West bowling teams. And basically there's going to be like four matches. And at the end of the four matches, like the high scores from each game are going to be added up and the team with the highest overall score wins. Mm -hmm. And then also there's this like substitute rule, which is there's only going to be four bowlers. They have five people, including Todd. So only four people will bowl, but at any time their sub can like sub in yes it's just once that person is in they have they, to be in for the rest of the match yeah and delia their smart friend it like jumps at the opportunity to not bowl in this championship she's like oh i'll sit out she does not want to bowl exactly she's like i'm benched Woo-hoo. delia is so odd she is <laughs> she is really really odd so after practice one day todd wants to go over to east appleton to like check out what their bowling team is all about and, like, for some reason, the crew was just, like, Todd, that's so fucked. They, like, don't want to, like, have, like, any kind of competitive spirit. Like, they no. want to sit down, mostly. Yes. But, like, Alex is a little bit more, like, has an edge to him. So he actually goes with Todd. And he's like, I'll go. And the kids see this as a betrayal. Yeah. And it's like, he's still going, like, for your team. Uh, I guess I think it's uh, unethical to spy on a team, maybe. But they don't make that clear. They don't even really say that, though. They just make it seem like the kids are, like, don't want to go because they're lazy. They're literally, like, what's seeing how good they are going to do? That's what they say. I know. It's it's really not like they say, like, that would be unethical to spy on the other team. They don't say that. They don't say that at all. And, like, also, they just are, like, so mad at Alex for going. And they really are, like, so against Todd that it's almost like showing him any kindness would be a betrayal to them. And I'm like, you guys are fucked for that. Yes, for sure. He's a he's a human. I know. So Alex and Todd go together. And they are, like, starting to bond in their own unique way. And when they get there we do see that coach that i mentioned them introducing yeah his name is whipsaw mcgraw and i guess he's a pro bowler but then this is the last we see of him and it's not interesting in any way yes it barely factors into the plot at all other than to be like oh they're actually good this is going to be steep competition yeah um and the other team has like these chic green little uniforms yeah um they look cute and they're very good at bowling they are really good. And then this bizarre thing happens where Todd is like discouraged by seeing how good they are. So he storms out. And then the East High team is like, oh, like you're from the West. What are you doing here to Alex? Mm-hmm. At which point Todd runs back in and is like, is this guy spying on you? I told him not to. Like, I'll take care of this punk. He's such a cheater. And pulls him out of the alley. And then just like they laugh about it. I was like, is this going to be a fight? But it's like not. And before they laugh about it, this is what Alex says. And this is his exact line reading. What are you doing? This was all your idea. (laughs) To Todd. Like, it's a bizarre scene. There's no emotion. This could be like a moment for like either Todd being like, I don't know, like put put like selling Alex under the bus. Yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be. Or a moment of time, like, sorry, I did that to you because, like, they could have tried to fight you, dude, and I was just trying to get them off your back. None of that is explained. No. We have no idea about Todd's motives. No. It's bizarre, and Alex moves on in one second. 
I just can't stress enough that everything that happens in this movie, I'm like, why did this happen? It, it didn't need to. It feels like there was an outline of this movie, and yeah. then they said, let's make it. I agree completely. And it was improv. It was Curb Your Enthusiasm improv. It was. The next day, the bowling geeks take it upon themselves to teach Todd how to bowl with style. They're like, you know the form, but you got no style. And then this song called Right Down the Middle plays by the Bill Elliott Swing Orchestra. And Bill Elliott, like, did the music for this movie and that swing orchestra group he like founded and he wrote like a lot of you know soundtrack music with that group um but this song i think you could say is like the theme song of the movie yeah. there's literally a line in it that's like when the alley cats strike and it's yes. just like a swinging jazz song yeah i i don't hate the song but i didn't feel like much of anything watching this little montage it is like arguably cute. Like they're all like swing dancing together and they're like doing that like cool bowling thing where like when you bowl and you're like one leg goes like really far down and they're just like kind of trying to show him like, ooh, this is how you like look cool bowling and it's fun. And also like Todd and Delia do some pretty intense dancing at this point. He's like lifting her upside down. They just didn't make... Like, I don't feel at this point compelled to be like, oh, Todd, like, he's going to be with these kids and leave his friends that don't even care about him because I have no idea who these nerds are. I don't even necessarily think Alex is nice. I've seen, like, yeah. no character revealing traits of any kind. Yeah. Whereas, like, when you watch, like, Minutemen, for example, it's so clear that Virgil should be with Charlie and yes. not with Derek because yes. you get a, such a sense of who those two people are. So at this scene, I don't feel like, oh, Todd getting along with the people that are good in the movie because I'm like, everyone is service level. I'm not convinced anyone is a good person or a bad person. I feel absolutely nothing. No, that's completely valid. I was just like happy for like a break from the talking. <laughs> To be no, honest. you're right. You're right. I was like, and this song's fun. Yeah. And like they end the scene by all sliding on their bellies down the bowling alley lanes. Yeah. Which I kind of like to see. Okay. It was it was at least fun. Okay. I'd had to sit through a lot of boring dialogue at this point. I know. It's true. So Todd, this kind of inspired him. He's like, you know, that was actually fun. Like that's the first time I've had fun here. Like yeah. if you guys want people to come to this bowling alley, you need to make it fun. So he suggests like you know, having more food and drinks and like making it look cool and having like a weekly party here. Almost like every other bowling alley in the country sort of <laughs> does with galactic bowling. Yes. Um, But no, this is a good idea. And it they're is. like, at first Alex is a little bit like hesitant, but then yeah. they kind of agree because it's like ultimately their dad needs money to save this bowling alley. So like they'll try anything. Yeah. And the nerds are trying to come up with a name for the dance. And one person is like, lane dance and then another's like alley bash and then delia says the name the bowling ball and they act like this is genius her delivery is like what about and i'm looking side to side and kind of coyly and then she's like the bowling ball and then the music is like da 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 <laughs> and it's like huh it's the only line in the movie they wrote so they wanted to pay special <laughs> attention to it it's also around this time that Alex and his dad are chatting and there was a part that I laughed so hard at where you know Alex's dad is saying like oof like business isn't great and he goes you know what I did today I got my real estate license <laughs> yeah and no. it's just like we're supposed to understand like oh it's dark he got his real no estate but the thing license. is I did I laughed so hard I laughed so hard Sarah like literally when you you're on the verge of financial ruin when you get your real estate no license. truly the fact that you're always like 
I can always just get my real estate license. Like, yeah. I, literally, no matter how bad things get, like, I can get my real estate license. And that's no shade to the profession. But, no. but for some people, it's their plan D. It's just always an Not option. Not for everyone. And listen, some people you are really have gifted to with it. be so good at real yes. estate to succeed. Yes. But it just feels for every person that's stressed of, like, if I can't make it in any other aspect, I could do that and have the potential to make a lot of money and I don't have to go through a lot of school. Yes. It's just like, it's that option for everyone that gives them the ability to sleep at night. <laughs> I know. And it was just the way he said it. And then he's like, yeah. No, it, it like, conveyed so much. That was maybe my favorite part of the film. No, like literally. <laughs> it was funny. It was really funny. I don't think it was supposed to be, but it was. It was so funny. Um, But yeah, they just like, this is one of eight conversations they have about change being hard yes. that isn't poignant in any way and this is a line the dad says which tell me if this means literally anything to you okay different isn't necessarily bad it's just different like okay okay like it's like they have sure. these ideas of what the inspiring messages should be but they execute them so badly like yeah the quotes were really annoying me it really just is an outline that's no. exactly right yeah and this is also the part when his dad is like sorry to blow your mind but <laughs> Jeff McLemore, Todd's dad and I used to be best friends. And we're like, we kind of got that by your weird tension the whole film. Yeah. And so we're like, okay. And then like, there's another practice that happens soon where basically Todd is struggling with the dreaded split. It's a hard move. He can't get it. That's kind of his weakness because he is getting better at bowling. Yeah. But he hasn't mastered that yet. Okay. So then we see like this little... It's not enough to be an altercation, but it's a little spat between Todd and the other nerds where he's like, you guys like just don't care about winning. Like you don't have the right attitude. And then Ken like unleashes his childhood trauma on Todd. He's like, my dad wanted me to be good at sports and I wasn't and bowling is all I have. And like Todd's like, okay. Then Alex tries to split up the weird little spat by saying fighting like cats and dogs (laughs) is not going to make the next 10 days real pleasant. Like so odd he has such a weird way of speaking and then ken says you're right said the cool cats and then todd says you're right says the hot dog oh my god that's right what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) and like have we been introduced about that have we been introduced to that lingo before like is that a handshake do we know about is that like a bowling it's just their 50s lingo and they haven't done it enough to make it like you're right says the hot dog (laughs) yeah because we haven't heard todd interact with that type of lingo at all yeah he said it like this is a thing they've been saying every practice no no we haven't heard anything else like that it's so cuckoo it's so cuckoo oh i feel sick to my stomach i know hot dog i know yeah it's literally crazy and it's just like okay (laughs) and then like alex goes to another party with todd even though he had like promised his crew that he would meet them that he would meet up with them at this like diner later mm-hmm. and he doesn't show up and they like see him partying with the cool kids because this town is like one block and like the party is <laughs> next to the diner yeah and then we go to the bowling alley again and like you think that there's gonna be like this like confrontation with him and elisa where she's gonna be like hey like we saw you at that party like you bailed exactly but instead she just like makes a little joke and he's like i know no okay please drop it and she does and it's like, what is this movie? It's like, why introduce a movie. that quote unquote conflict if she's just gonna be like, you're right, let's drop it. It's like, I thought we were gonna get like a Vanessa Sharpay, yes. like that scene at the country club kind of thing. And we didn't, like, there's no satisfying conversation, like, at all. No. It's bizarre. It really is. It will make you question your sanity. <laughs> 
It really will. But they start like transforming the bowling alley for this party and it's looking cute. They have like a ton of neon lights. They Mm -hmm. have a fog machine. And, you know, the dad says to Alex like, oh, we'll see if this like plan works. Like maybe it won't. Maybe it will. And he says splits or strikes. We're going to be okay." I kind of liked that line. Slay. Yeah, I liked it. I was like, oh. Um, So the party starts. There's a ton of people there. And like Todd is showing off for the crowd. The bowling geeks are hating it because they hate to see a man thrive and embrace uh, popularity. Yes. And Todd grabs a microphone and he's like rocking shades. And he gives a little speech about how him and his partner, Alex Thompson, are going to lead the school to victory at this upcoming bowling match. And then Alex walks in from like the front door wearing shades of his own and he starts like working the crowd with Todd yeah and his friends are just like ew he's so different now it's so weird because they don't even seem mad at him like for changing it's just like they're mad that he's not just like sulking around almost like I don't even feel like their anger is coming from a place of like you ditched us for the cool people it's just like how dare you be present in reality this friend group is really toxic because they're odd they don't even want to hang out with the cool kids like no they're judging him for it yet they don't want it like it's but also it's not a kind of thing like they're bad people and you're changing it's just like they're like i'd rather just sit at home which like it's it's just like where their anger is is odd to me because they don't seem like mad no about and it's just like weird and there's this really really funny part that makes no sense again kind of building a case for the improv delia's watching this and she goes i am so bummed (laughs) Uh, and about what queen like i say more say more i I have a note for this movie and it's both say more and say less (laughs) edit edit yeah this movie needs a lot of help it does um but like alex and todd are bowling side by side like showing off for the crowd and they're having like a lot of fun they're living life but then later the party is over and Alex goes to take out the trash. And while he's out there, he hears some of the cool kids, including Lauren, mm-hmm. talking about him. They say, oh, I can't wait till this is all over so we like can stop pretending to be friends with Alex. And they say, once a geek, always a geek. Harsh. Yeah. It's really sad. This one guy's like, I'm getting so sick of that Alex kid. I was I'm like, like, he is annoying. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, I was like, that's so sad. But then he like goes back in to talk to his dad and like tries to be like, I just feel like things are changing. And the dad says this line where it's like, again, I know what you mean, but this is such a bad line. He says, we can make some things different, but it doesn't have to make you different. It's like, <laughs> but what do you mean? I have in all caps. I feel we've seen this scene 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> no, truly. It's like he says nothing and then the music's like yeah. It's like it's supposed it's giving us like full house when Danny Tanner gives like an actually yeah. good speech, yeah. but like the dad is just saying like things might be different, but we might not be. It's like what? I know. <laughs> and I'm like, actually talk to your dad about what's going on. Like be like, I think like my new friends hate me. Like, I don't know, like yeah. say something real. I know. <laughs> say something real. <laughs> I dare you. Uh-huh. Um and like basically like the next thing that kinda happens, so they get these like ugly red t shirts from the teacher, Mr. Morris, who was the one that like told them that bowling was gonna be the deciding championship. And he like gives them these really ugly t shirts that say West Appleton Wildcats, but they just look like, you know, somebody spent truly two seconds on these shirts. They're not very inspiring. And the team is like, these suck. And like now the kids are starting to hear more about this like crazy bet that Todd's dad has going on them. Mm-hmm. 
And Alex is just like stressed out. He's like, they're betting a whole school on us and they're like putting us in these piece of junk t-shirts. Like all they care about is winning. Like this isn't fun anymore. I'm so over it. I quit. And he quits. Honestly, this is the first real thing he said all movie. I'm like, okay, I get that. It's like they're putting a lot of pressure on you and then they're not valuing like your sport. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, that's real. That's real. But he's so dramatic quitting. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, it's really selfish, dude. No, it, it is. Like they can't do this without you and you know that. And he literally quit because of an outfit. <laughs> Which is so him because he's all about his little shirts. <laughs> he's like, I can't I be seen in this. I know. And I won't be. <laughs> yeah, truly. So that's that. And then there's a scene that truly is so odd and just says nothing, which is Todd like goes to the diner and like chats with Elisa and Ken a little bit. And they're just like talking. They say so much. That's so little. Like they're just like, Oh, like sports should be fun. Like it's not all about winning. And like, I know it's just like such a boring conversation and like, it doesn't. And it's kind of like, we have a decom with this message brink. Yeah. That does it. Like, it's kind of the same thing I felt with right on track and motocross of like, why must we have two movies with the same lesson in which one is 500 times better? Yeah. And this is also after brink. So like clearly trying to do a thing also failing. There's a part here that I, I wanted to quote this line because again, I'm just like, what does this mean? And it's when like Elisa and Ken are kind of talking about like, no one sees us at school. Like we're invisible. And like, this is kind of finally starting to put us on the map a little bit. And yeah. Todd says, quote, eventually people will see you because you're real and you're there. <laughs> it's like, that's literally me when I'm high and I'm like, can anyone see me? No, seriously. And that's literally how this movie made me feel. It's like, am I real? And there's like a very similar scene where Todd goes to Alex's house late at night to kind of try to like get him to unquit and he's just like you showed me sports should be fun and I won't have fun without you Alex so yeah that scene was a a little bit like sweet in the sense that it was uh earnest in the way that all decoms are earnest but I didn't feel like overly earnest in the way that I expected the movie to go it wasn't great yeah but it wasn't like terrible I agree with you I just think again the dialogue was so all over the place yes um but honestly Alex and Todd do kind of have chemistry at times I don't think they do okay I think they do at times and I kind of felt like they did here okay yeah I don't really I don't see their chemistry to be honest I don't see any chemistry with anyone in the whole movie I I do agree with that overall but I felt like they're the two that get the closest but also in this part Todd hands Alex like a really cool new bowling shirt that has like an alley cat on it that's like a cool guy and it has like the collar this is like the type of shirt that like Alex would have wanted to wear and it's like a nice gesture that Todd is the one that got these shirts yes yes so that's cute but now like Alex is staying outside and this is when his dad comes out and like yeah finally reveals the drama with the with big Todd's reveal dad. it is kind of the same as their drama of like there was this final game that would determine who won the mighty apple and like I guess the dad fumbled a ball and they really let that competition break up their friendship and the dad does say a quote that I do kind of like okay he says we claim that the mighty apple changed it. Of course, it wasn't really the apple. It was just us. Yeah. Which is kind of nice because it's like you can blame like events for like the way 
like your friendships crumbled, your relationships crumbled, or but like really it is the way that you respond to those things yes. and like you get to decide how you handle hardships and like they decided to let that ruin their friendship and they could have just decided not to let it ruin their friendship. I thought that totally. was the closest we got to a good lesson in this film that yeah. wasn't like derivative and that I had seen before. I agree with you, Nora. I actually do like that. But it also is crazy to me that he like expresses regret about this. He's like, that's the stupidest thing any of us ever did. Yeah. But they're still dicks to each other in modern day. I completely agree. But I do think that it's more the other mayor that's true. In, like that's keeping up the feud. You're right. You're right. Alex's dad is just like, if he directly calls him out, he's like, okay, well, that was a bad throw. He's yeah. just kind of like defending himself. Right, right. Yeah. But it is so funny to me that we're supposed to think this is a big reveal. It's like- We already knew. You told us the first scene. We knew the whole movie. Yeah. Um, I have in my notes, day of the competition in all caps, finally. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. Also, Alex's mom arrives with the grandpa who's just on crutches. He just broke his ankle or something. He's fine. Like, truly? What? Why? Why introduce that? I don't know. This movie is odd, odd, odd. It's so odd. But the Alley Cats, that's their team name, are looking cool with their, you know, red collared shirts. Um, the East Appleton team is called the Bowling Wolf Pack. And Alex finally shows up. So he is going to compete. Yep. He's back on the team. Yep. And the alley is filled with people. It's an exciting day. We see a lot of bowling in this scene. A lot of bowling. Yes. Which is not terribly exciting to watch, to be honest. Certainly not giving me the love that I had watching the Brink skating scenes. No. And at one point, there's finally like a break where we learn that the East is in the lead and Alex needs three strikes to tie things up. Yep. And he gets all of them. Good job. Really good job. Really good job. It's hard to get three strikes. It is. But then the other team needs three strikes to keep the lead, which they also succeed at. These kids are very good at bowling. They're great. <laughs> They're great. It's hard to get a strike. Yeah. I like usually get two per game. Cool. I know. No, actually, I'll usually get one per game, I would say. Oh. I'm not terrible at bowling. Yeah. Depends on the day. But sometimes I'll be rusty and I'll be kind of bad. Because yeah. it's honestly, for me, I feel that it is luck because I don't know if I have, like, great uh -huh. aim. Okay. See, that's the thing. I think I, I definitely have, like, bad technique, but I think I have decent aim. I don't have any power, but I usually get the ball right down the middle. It's just going too slow. I don't have any power. It's like, people are just like, yeah. the ball is going so slow. I'm like, I know. get off my back. I'm like, sorry, it's going to get there when it gets there. But so basically now the other team is ahead by nine pins. And so Todd is the final bowler of the match and he just yes, needs a spare. He needs a spare. To win it all. To win it all. And so he goes and he basically gets split, which he's yes. been struggling with the whole movie. So it's like going to be pretty hard to get a spare. And he's like, shoot, it all comes down to me. And then Delia, our smart queen, who is indeed very odd <laughs> says that she wants to go in she's like i can get it because of my smart brain she like probably understands the, the mathematics of it or something yeah. yeah and so she wants to go in and now they can use the sub rule because this is the last turn yes and then todd's dad comes down and basically is like no it has to be you kid like this is your and take the team to victory and then Todd, like many decom characters that came before him, has to school his dad in life lessons. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Dad, sometimes I'm not the best. Like, I'm not the one that can carry us to victory. Like, she's going to do it. I love the humility from Todd here. Yeah. And also, it's like, why would he throw away the chance to do something good for his school? Yes. Because of his pride, he knows that she's a better chance at this than he does. Exactly. It is very mature. Yeah. And 
so Delia does go in and she gets down on the ground. She licks her finger to like test the wind direction. <laughs> and she starts spinning the ball and like lets it just like slowly roll down the lane. It is going so slow. Um, and everyone is like, you know, quiet. Like you could hear like a pin drop. Um, and then finally the ball hits one of the pins. And when it falls, it like spins a lot. And so it knocks down the other pin. So they win. They win. Yeah. If she had this technique, why did she not want to bowl? Because she's not like good all around. I think she just like knows with like certain specific shots. Uh, like I don't. I, see, I don't see. think just like she can like. She's no power. No. Okay. Yeah. So they do win, and everyone is screaming. Yeah, and it's you know a celebration, and Todd like talks to his dad. His dad apologizes. He's like, "Oh, I always thought you liked attention. Like I didn't realize I was putting pressure on." Which it's like, uh, sure. Sure. Well, it's also like, I mean, uh, this is unfair maybe to be hard on just this movie because it's such a staple of Disney films. But the parents, they're shitty for 45 years and then one second they change. I know. It's like, it's hard for an old man to change. Your son saying one quote to you isn't going <laughs> to all of a sudden be like, I'm sorry I treated you shitty for 20 years. No more of that. It's like, it's just too fast of a change always with these parents, which I know they got to do it quickly, but. No, it's so true, especially because I feel like Todd speaks his mind like he's not someone who's been like tortured all this time like dad i actually hate the pressure like he's kind of yeah. like dad you gotta learn like team sports are about teams and like i just don't think this is the first time he's probably said something like this to his dad right right and it's like why is he just now like huh i never realized i put pressure right. on you and kid. also because the dad has been so shitty the whole movie of like with jump in when we see his dad change it's like well you've kind of felt that that was probably in that person's character to change all along yes and so like, it's not so implausible when he comes around yes. but with this movie i'm like i'm not buying it i'm not buying it at all yeah so, like, the kids decide that they don't want to change the name of this new school to um, West Appleton High just because they won. So, they decide it's going to be called Appleton Central. Good. So, Good. they chose Unity. Love. And now the swing music comes back on and everyone starts bowling, including the adults. We see Alex's grandpa pushing the ball down the lane with his crutch. Mm-hmm. And I love this part. I mean, I don't love it. I hate it but it makes me laugh <laughs> the voice alex's voiceover is like admit it you didn't think me and todd would ever come together i'm like no i did well, okay. it was obvious he also says the retro kid and the golden boy i'm like the retro <laughs> kid is not a high school staple it's not a high school stereotype the retro kid and the golden boy i'm like i don't know any retro kids I like, feel like maybe this used to be a bigger thing and you're just too young. I don't know. I do not believe it. I think it's possible. I've never heard of a retro kid. Look at Gordo. Gordo is not a retro he kid. He wasn't that one he episode. Went, he went through That's one. That's inspired by something. No, he went through one phase, but he was like an indie film boy. He yes. wasn't like a, he wasn't like hot dog. But sometimes hipsters like have this type of vibe. Not, not this exact okay, we, vibe. We not this in the retro kid. Also, Alex's voiceover says, if you have beef with someone completely different than you, I say settle it. Settle it in the alley. <laughs> that's really good advice. And that's the end of the film. <laughs> oh, Wow. I feel like we just talked so fast and jumped around a lot, but like there's really no other way to explain we this capture, film. Well, honestly, we did just what the film did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were. We captured the essence of the film. We really did. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, so Alley Cat Strike was filmed in Toronto. Many of these movies are. Yeah, they love Canada. I did read a 2014 Slate interview with the screenwriter, 
specifically about how this movie had the longest Wikipedia plot summary in the history of that English website. Um, and he even made a website, alleycatstrike.com, which is still live, that has the original long-ass plot summary on it because he wanted to give it a permanent home because the Wikipedia page has since been edited to meet the site's like standards, which are like, they can't be this long of plot summaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's so funny that it had the longest plot summary. Cause, like, I know. Why? I do, this random film. I know. And I just do get it because... It's got so many scenes, but it just truly is about like basically nothing. So I know I get a kick out of that. Um, so the screenwriter is Gregory K. Pincus. He also wrote Quince, another decom, which I don't really remember that well. To I be honest, I didn't really love Quince from my memory, but yeah, I guess I have one question for the screenwriter. How dare you? <laughs> We're being so mean, but honestly, I'm sorry. It is true that this movie is insane. Yeah, no, what we've said is fair. Um, <laughs> it was directed by Rod Daniel, who did pass away in 2016. So rest in peace, rest Rod. Rest in peace. He directed a lot of TV episodes. He also did direct a film that I loved a lot as a kid, Beethoven's Second. One oh, of the I, Beethoven loved, I love the Beethoven movies. I know, and especially number They're two, good. for whatever reason, I like watched a lot. Love. Yeah. Um, the music was by Bill Elliott, which I kind of mentioned. He wrote like all those swing songs and like the swinging score. Okay. Did he also do the weird score? I don't know. Maybe not. I take personal issue with that weird score. Yeah. Um, this guy also did the music for Phantom of the Megaplex. And like, there's a lot of other like songs in this movie that like, I know I couldn't like find out what they were. Like I would try to like search the lyrics I heard, but like nothing would really come up. Maybe they were just like stock music for the film. I don't know. I kind of think so because then like I even found like a list of the soundtrack. And when I like searched those songs on YouTube, I was like, but I don't remember hearing this in the movie. Like part of me wonders if like, there was like a licensing thing where like for Disney plus they've like put in new songs Mm -hmm. since this aired. I don't know. But none of the songs were like famous that I could find. So should we talk about the cast a little? Yes. Okay. So Kyle Schmid is Alex Thompson. As I mentioned, he's Derek and the Cheetah Girls. That's blowing my mind. I know. I love my memory is that I love him so much in that. Yeah. He's cool. I mean, he's kind of a small role, to be honest, but he's, like, but like they tease each other. I, like, love their dynamic. Yeah, he is they, Like, he was kind of a boy boss, and she's kind of a girl boss. Yeah, I know. Like, I just, like, loved it. And she says, if he can't respect my art, he, he can't, can't have, have my, my heart. heart. And that is so true, girls. She's, and don't forget that. Don't forget that. Um, but he's also, I had forgotten this, in some of, like, my favorite childhood films. He is Britney Snow's boyfriend in The Pacifier. Yes, yes. Okay, I didn't remember that, and I love that movie. Wait, I saw that he was in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. He is. Is he, um, Rory Gilmore's love interest? No. No, he is, is he? America Ferreira's stepbrother. <sighs> okay, I couldn't remember who he was in that yeah. movie. I was kind of shocked to see that on his IMDb, because I love that movie, and I did not remember him. Yeah, he's, like, one of her, like, blonde, you know, mm. step siblings um okay he's also in um a history of violence which is like an amazing critically acclaimed oh, yes. film that i love does he have like a big part in that i feel like he is the main guy's son potentially oh. but i don't know um and he's definitely still acting he's done like a lot of tv stuff um he got married this year to actress katie lots who's in like arrow and dc's legends of tomorrow congrats congrats kyle um I believe you pronounce this name as Robert Ricard because it's spelled like Richard, but it has like an apostrophe between the I and the C. So that sounds right. Mm -hmm. He's Todd McLemore. It was bothering me what I knew him from. And I finally figured it out. House of Wax. Yes. Yes. 
which obviously has Paris Hilton, Chad Michael Murray. Kind of an iconic film. I know. Like, okay, because Lauren and I were obsessed with that movie in middle school. And I remember we, like, had such a crush on this guy. Oh, really? We were like, oh, my God, he's so cute. And I forgot about him until this. He is cute. Like, I was looking at pictures of him as an adult. He's, like, a handsome man. He's very handsome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He is still acting. And he was also in the UPN sitcom One on One with Disney girly Kyla Pratt. Penny Proud. Okay. Um, Kelly Cuoco is Elisa. We mentioned some of her obvious credits. We know her. She's getting $1 million per episode on Big Bang. Is Big Bang over? Um, yes, but of course, young Sheldon is still on. And she was in one episode of it. No, just one episode. A million dollars per episode on Big Bang. I know. Can you even? Um, also, do you know the Disney Channel, uh, cartoon that she's in? Wait, I feel like I do. Is it? No, actually, I don't. She's Brandy in Brandy and Mr. Whiskers. Oh, yes, I do remember that. Yeah. I remember that show. I didn't like it, but I just didn't really like Disney's cartoons mm. what, what was with like a couple Brandy exceptions. And Brandy and Mr. Whiskers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like always was like, Ugh, about that show. Um, She also had a baby in March, her first child, Love. a daughter named Matilda with her boyfriend, Tom Pelfrey, who was also an actor. Cute. I don't really like know who he is, but he's like in Ozark. So they're cute. Mimi Paley is Delia. I believe it's pronounced Mimi because her Instagram bio says Mimi like Jimmy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, her last credit was 2015. Um, her other credits are just like TV she, guest stars. Yeah, I, I feel like she has like no credits. Like I saw she was in an episode of Malcolm in the Middle and I think an episode of Buffy. Yeah, she's just done like guest star stuff. Um, she has a really cute baby girl now and she's married to a TV writer. Cute. Yeah. Um, Joey Wilcox is Ken. His last credit was 2003 and he hasn't done much else besides this. And I'm not sure what he's up to now, but hello, Joey. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Matt McCoy is Alex's dad, Kevin. He still acts. He's also mostly done like TV guest spots and it was driving me crazy what I knew him from. And this has happened to me before with DCOMs. What I ultimately know him from is that he had an arc on Seinfeld, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm currently in the process of watching all of. Um, Tim Reed is Todd's dad, aka Mayor Jeff McLemore. You know him and love him as Ray from Sister Sister, of course. Our king, of course. Um, he's also known for some shows that were on in like the seventies and eighties that I'd never heard of, but like he starred he's in them. So good in Sister Sister. He's so funny, and he's just like the perfect foil to um Lisa the mom. Yeah, they're, they're so they're funny. Icons. I know. They genuinely, like, it's one of those, like, shows for kids where the adults are, like, so funny. Yes. Yes. Like, actual comedic actors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He is definitely still acting. I mean, he's done a lot of, like, Hallmark and Lifetime movies. Also, fun fact, his real-life wife, Daphne Maxwell-Reed, plays his wife in this. Oh, cute. She was the second Vivian Banks on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She, like, replaced the original woman. Also, I had no idea this was even a thing. She was recently in a couple episodes of Bel-Air, which is, like, a reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but it's, like, a drama version. Oh, so it's, like, dark. Yeah, and it was just renewed for season three. I'm like, I didn't know this existed. I mean, honestly, when you think about, I was living in Philadelphia, born Born and and raised. raised. Like, that theme song, if you take out Will Smith's jazzy, fun little voice, dark. I guess so. He had to, like, 
get like leave his family yeah because like he got in trouble his mom was like this isn't like a safe city for you like you're getting in fights already he's like it's one fight she's like no 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 born and raised and he like playground and all of a sudden he's like fish out of water like in this super wealthy no i can't that probably is a good drama honestly like it had potential i'd be curious to to see what it's all about um so that i think with that i think we can go into our categories yeah is it worth it to talk about is there a love interest? No, right? No. Okay, no. No, no, no. So, Nora, what's your favorite quote from Alley Cat Strike? Um, I already kind of said that this was my favorite quote. We claim that the mighty apple changed us. Of course, it wasn't really the apple. It was just us. I do really like that. I just went with splits or strikes. We're going to be okay. And yeah. don't forget that, you guys. I know. I like that quote, too. That was yeah. a good one. Or gutter balls, even. True. Yeah. Um, okay, so if Alley Cat Strike were to be a zodiac sign, I'm going with Taurus, mm-hmm. a sign that is very resistant to change, very hard headed, but also like down to earth. I just really felt like a Taurus would be like, I'm dressing like I'm from the 1950s. I don't care what people think because I think I look suave. Mm-hmm. I thought a Taurus would be like, I only listen to classics. I thought a Taurus would be like, this bowling alley is special to me and my people and therefore I don't want anyone else coming in. Like they just can be like protective of their shit in a way that's a little like weird. Mm -hmm. They're really resistant to change. They like things done the way they've been doing them. They can be a little judgmental. (laughs) They definitely get stuck in their way of doing things. Um, To be honest, I'm going to absolutely get roasted by the Taurus community by saying this, but like Tauruses are cute, but kind of boring. And that's this movie. I know. So it's giving Taurus. It's giving Taurus. Um, Nora, what's your rose from Alley Cat Strike? Could you find one? <laughs> um, <laughs> I just went with the scene with Alex and Todd on the porch. That was, I didn't really think they had chemistry in this movie, but that was the closest that I saw of it. And I I thought it was their acting was a little bit better in that scene compared to like other parts of the film. It just was the closest to a scene that felt like a real movie that progressed and a scene that I felt progressed the plot and wasn't like fluff, which I can't say for the vast majority of scenes in the movie. Yeah, this movie was mostly fluff. Um, Honestly, it's so funny because I picked something that I did feel was like predictable and cheesy, but I picked it because I was like, this was one of the only parts where I felt like, oh, you wrote a movie. Mm -hmm. You set something up and you delivered on it. So I went with um, Delia's thing with the split because Mm -hmm. I at least felt like you introduced a problem and then you had a kind of fun, silly payoff that did have like some stakes. Even though I knew how it was going to go, I was at least like, you thought about this. There was forethought. Right. No, that's a good one. It was kind of fun. We also saw at the beginning when she was talking about how she could beat that guy in basketball. Yeah. Like we, that was a, a thread throughout the film in a movie that had very little threads. Yes. And I felt like even though it was arguably predictable, it was much less predictable than like the stuff going on with the dads mm-hmm. and some other stuff. So yeah. 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 What was your thorn? I mean, I had literally so many thorns. Yeah. Like truly so many. The one that I went with was because, I mean, this isn't going to surprise anyone because I've been talking about the whole movie. Um, There was so much that was cheesy about the film. The acting was cheesy. The writing was cheesy. That to me, the weird instrumental score <laughs> like really made it like such a character film, but like not in a way that made it like campy and good, just in a way that was like 
odd and like made it to me a little bit unwatchable and ridiculous. So I just went with the score because that really like made it even cheesier to me. Yeah, that makes sense. And really pushed it over the edge of being terrible. I think that's fair. I went with one that's just like pretty broad, which is just every single time it felt that they introduced something that I got excited and I thought was about to be interesting. It wasn't. And like specifically to me, the most egregious example of that was like the coach thing that really bothered me because I just felt like, Ooh, there's going to be this like East Appleton coach. Who's like, like, I was like, Ooh, are they going to like get their own coach? Are they going to like try to steal this coach? Like, Mm -hmm. how is this going to play out? And I just felt there were so many times this movie like gave me false hope that it was going anywhere. Uh And that was the one that like, for some reason, like stuck out the most, but in general, just I hated that they introduced things they didn't do anything with. Yep. Yep. Um, and that brings us to our Alley Cat Strike overall rating. Whose turn is it? I think for Jump In, I went first. I think. I don't think so. Okay, I can go first. <gasps> Listen, like, obviously, it's no surprise if you made it this far. We don't like this movie. Um, I kind of feel like I knew what you were saying with right on track and like Mm -hmm. I did agree but this movie to me was just like taking that to such a more egregious level of like vignettes that didn't go together the difference is like I still think right on track is like kind of fun and interesting Mm -hmm. this wasn't interesting yeah it wasn't really fun it was just kind of like what like what am I watching um I felt like the same things were said over and over and over and over Mm -hmm. um it just was kind of like a half-assed movie it needed to be edited but it also wasn't like iconically bad in a way that was like funny yes um so I don't know I mean like like I liked the two main actors enough like I don't think it was like worth like a d to be honest, so I, I'm giving it a C minus because I've only given D's to the Poof Point and Radio Rebel, and uh-huh. I don't think it's as bad as those, to be honest, even though, like, especially Radio Rebel is, like, way more iconic. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I, I, I don't know. I just haven't been that harsh of a grader thus far, so I'm giving it a C minus. Are you going to give it an F? You're so kind. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you give it. I thought this movie was <laughs> trash <laughs> i really did yeah and i so i gave the poof point an f yeah i know and i gave my d's were radio rebel and i gave adventures and babysitting a d plus okay i think this movie is worse than radio rebel okay i think that radio rebel is bad in so many ways i think that there's like some things about radio rebel that are iconic yeah. it has a clear plot it has a clear thing it wants to do you get someone like gavin that really elevates the film no actor in this film is good at all no you're right um and then even debbie is like iconic i know and there's like we so fly that fun scene there's like clear conflicts that pay out there's like they follow through even if the plots are insane and the dialogue is insane yeah it knows what it is a little bit more the poof point like this movie absolutely terrible the poof point didn't try <laughs> to be inspirational and miss the mark. This one also did. Yeah. Like it, it made swings to be meaningful and missed it. I know. Till probably, how long was this movie? 120? It's even longer, sadly, I think. For the first 80% of this movie, I was going to give it an F. <laughs> the very end of it with like finally getting some tinge of a message of like with Todd being like, I don't have to win all the time. Give it to someone else. Like, let them take the credit. The scene with Alex and his dad, I liked him explaining how they let the the trophy in the game be bigger than, like, connections between 
friends. I liked that. At the very end, it won me over the slightest bit. Mm -hmm. I'm giving it a D minus. Okay. No, Nora, listen, I think that's fair. I really fucked myself with what I gave the poof point because I gave it a D plus. Mm And I, and I think I gave radio rebel, like, it's just hard. Like, I feel like I've like over this grading process, like not completely always agreed with myself. And I Mm -hmm. just always try to like follow my heart but like let's be As honest this movie is so bad and i think because also our c minuses my i gave twitches a c minus to yeah. me twitches I also i gave it a c yeah and twitches falls uh has some of the same flaws as this movie of like it introduces stuff and drops it it doesn't really know its tone yeah its dialogue is like very silly and odd at times there's yeah. a lot of odd things about it but it has like this sense of like it's memorable and iconic, which to me like that was a big thing I had with Right on Track of like I would rather if a movie is a little bit bad but it's super memorable like Pixel Perfect, Radio Rebel, or Twitches, I yeah. am like gonna be a little nicer to it because it's like it made an impact even if it's kind of a cuckoo one. Yeah. To me with like this and the poof point, it's like it's awful and it's forgettable, which to me is like why does it exist? I know. You're right. No, you, Nora. <laughs> when you're passionate about a decom for kids being bad. But you're not wrong in any way. And listen, True. there's parts throughout this episode where I've challenged you. This is not one of them. <laughs> you are correct, my girl. You are you are just yeah. not wrong about this. But I didn't give it enough, so it was a little bit nice there if I say so myself. Because it is better than the poof point. Yeah, it's better yeah. than the poof point. It yeah. is a little bit better than the poof point. It is. Um, but yeah, this is a rough one. If you're feeling brave and you want to revisit it, hey, if you want to prove us wrong, I've heard from the internet that there are people who people love this like movie. like this movie. It's like never that low on the lists. I don't know what they're seeing that I'm not. Maybe yeah. they loved it as kids. So like, because that's honestly, I do think part of like, I think I had a bias with Right on Track because I mm-hmm. loved it as a kid. Yeah, it's hard not to have that. So I think there's people that probably have that bias toward this film. But if you're one of those people that likes this movie, tell us why. Hit tell it, us why. Slide into our DMs. Roast you know? us. Yeah. But for now, if you've never seen it or if you want to rewatch it, these are the drinking game rules we have thought of for you. Drink every time Lauren flirts with Todd. Ooh. Drink every time the mighty apple is mentioned. Drink every time someone mentions the bowling alley going out of business. Drink every time there is a bowling sequence. Drink every time Alex doesn't want things to change. Drink every time Todd's dad makes a new bet about the bowling match. And that's Alley Cat Strike. Yes. Sorry to be um so intense, <laughs> but you know, sometimes a sometimes a girl's just gotta do what a girl's gotta do. Exactly. And sometimes we have to get a little passionate and we appreciate you being there, whether it splits or strikes. True, Sarah. And we love you guys. And we're not even sure what movie we're doing next week. So stay tuned. This is our 30th episode, by the way. Oh, that's huge for us. Guys, please freaking spread the word about our podcast. We're sick and tired of not being rich and famous. We're actually tired of it. It's getting so old. It's getting so old. Yeah. (laughs) I want to retire on the money made from this podcast. I know. So please tell your friends. (laughs) Please tell your friends. Tell your grandma. Tell your grandma. Also, not to throw shade, but like we don't have that many reviews. And like we definitely have like significantly more listeners than we have reviews. Leave us a freaking review. So leave us a review. Like even if you're like, I don't want them to know I listen. Like 
we want to know like that's so we nice of you know. we want to like love you and send good vibes your way so like you have nothing to lose by leaving us a cute review i know but just know that if you do i'm gonna go to sarah guess who left a review on our podcast and i'm gonna be like that's so awkward oh, no. no this is what will happen Nora's gonna say guess who left us a review on our podcast and i'm gonna say that's literally so sweet i literally love that no 100 percent, 100 percent. so if you want two sweet girls talking about how sweet you are i know leave us a cute leave little a review. review and that's all we'll say on that until next time, we're the decom boom. Bye. Bye.